Do you have a show or a YouTube channel, podcast, or relevant product that you want to promote at the top of the Elseworlds Exchange? Well, now's your chance, man. For 50 bucks, you'll get a month's worth of plugs at the audio version right here of the Elseworlds Exchange. Right at the top of the show, first thing they'll hear, now it'll probably still be my voice, but you'll write up a short one-minute plug, we'll record it, and toss it at the front of the show. Or, alternatively, for 20 bucks, you can get a month's worth of plugs at the end of the show. Right after you hear us sign off, same deal, one-minute scripted plug for your stuff. How do you take advantage of this incredible opportunity? Just go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top, and fill everything out, and we'll work it out through PayPal. By the way, we do reserve the right to reject or accept based on our own personal taste. I'm not going to plug your Nazi podcast, man. I'm sorry. You know what? I'm not sorry about that. But you're not going to do it anyway. So go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top of the page, fill everything out, and we'll work it out. Worth it. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. Mysterious, all-powerful character. A problem to the police, but a crusade of the law. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal. And I'm Joel. Today, we're going to talk about newish breakout characters. I hesitate to use the term new, uh, but I also want to stay away from, like, the last 25 years. You know, maybe it's true. within the past 10, if we can. Right. But these are breakout characters, characters that were created recently that uh, found themselves with some measure of popularity, surprisingly popular uh, breakout characters. Uh, Obviously, if you've watched the pre-show, you saw the title and card for this episode. We got Kamala Khan because, dude, Kevin Feige came out recently and was saying that uh, they are working on on a Ms. Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she is the subject of said movie, and so they're working forward. We're moving forward on that, which is exciting. Um, and I mean, why not? She's like, she's money is what she is. She's become a pop culture icon in a very short amount of time. And it's one of the things that even when Marvel has been making a lot of boneheaded editorial decisions, they've kind of just let G. Willow Wilson be. They kind of know not to disturb that. It's true. Uh, it's interesting how many new characters over the last 10 to 15 years were created who stuck because mm-hmm. growing up reading comics in the 90s I can tell you that they made new characters every other day and every time I think of one of those characters I always am it's always accompanied by a whatever happened to that character you know like whatever happened to dark hawk whatever happened to speedball now <laughs> Some of them got straight-up endings or new beginnings, yep. like Speedball. Some of them got uh, obscure. Uh, like, whatever happened to Marvel's Rage? You know? Oh, the, yeah, Rage. The, the Billy Batson, the African-American Billy Batson, who was in the body oh. of a giant, like, luchador pro wrestler. Oh, I do remember what happened to him. He was in Nick Spencer's Sam Wilson run, and he died. Right, so he's dead. But, like, before Nick Spencer remembered to take him out of the cookie jar, nothing Mm. You know what I mean? Like, so, but when it comes to more recent characters like Jessica Jones, Kamala Khan, uh, Glenn yes. Poole, uh, I'm just thinking of like just the Bendis bunch, like Daisy it's Johnson, true. Jessica Jones, Maria Hill, um, The Century, you know. Oh, yeah. They worked for a while. Now, that being said, almost all the characters we mentioned have gone away in some major capacity. It's true. Again, when we talk about breakout characters, especially in comics, I've noticed, and I'm sure you've noticed it too, certain characters break out and then break out every five years or so. Booster Gold is breaking out again right now. Yes, although Booster Gold's been around for a good 25 years. Like, dude has had a long history. And when he was kind of like on the scene, people loved him. Like, 
there are hardcore Booster Gold fans who are like, I know I like him from like the Booster Gold's mini, or not mini, but series in the 80s, or I remembered him from Justice League, and I liked him from that. Um, the Super Chat reminds me, of course, of like Spider-Gwen and Ms. That Marvel too. are the breakout characters. The D-B-K-A-L-E-Edgo. Sorry. <laughs> well, M- Miles Morales, even before them, was the biggest thing to come out of Ultimate Spider-Man since the last thing to come out of Ultimate Spider-Man. No, it's true. Uh, there are a bunch of breakout characters. We're going to try and give some of them their due, but we do have to keep it a little short this week, so uh, we do apologize in advance if that happens. Uh, I have noticed that uh, whenever we say that, we usually go over time, so hopefully that's not the case this time. Because uh, you will notice, because that's when like Ethan and Ben will be behind me getting ready to <laughs> shoot. They'll be like, what the hell are you doing? Uh, Chase <laughs> this other thing we do. Us that DC thinks Duke is a breakout character, which of course is not. Um, I think Scott Snyder thought he was a breakout character. I remember when, uh, remember Bluebird and how Mm. much of an important character she turned out to be? Which was James Tynan's pet project, which he still brought back a little bit in Detective Comics, which is hilarious that he was more willing to talk about Bluebird than he was to talk about Duke, which I think draws the line at, no, 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 Scott, that's your thing. Bluebird is my thing. Exactly. And neither of them are important and only bog down the Bat family further. Uh, but but Duke was the light, Sal, in Dark Knight's Metal. He's a oh, signal. But, but wasn't he the light, and then they never did anything with that ever again? Oh, yeah, well, his power is the light, and he is the signal. Um, whatever. Taylor Petscher also reminding us that Renee Montoya had a big push by Rucka in the mid-2000s, thanks to yeah, Gotham Central, and then 52, and then DC forgot about her after he left. Uh, so sad. It is sad, and, uh, you know, Renee Montoya's breakout appearance was on the Batman the Animated Series uh, series. You know, Absolutely. Just having a, having a Hispanic-American character on the police force of GCPD, and then they're like, let's fold her in. I want to say she was actually folded in before Harley Quinn, but I don't know if that's true, so I won't stand by it. I think it was very close together. There yeah. was quite a few characters that got folded in all at the same time. Will I Am Golden reminding us about Jaime Reyes, Blue Beetle? Oh, yeah. Another big character who everybody really, For a really minute. loved. Found his, found his audience. I don't know if I accepted him, because I was always a big fan of Ted Kord. Right. But, uh, having been dead, I was like, oh, well, all right. I guess Jaime can have his day in the sun. Um, now he never died. So it's like, oh, yeah. great. You got a you got a Miles Morales, Peter Parker situation going on. Exactly. I'm glad you mentioned that because it's like, man, DC, you should so be working more with Blue Beetle. He could be your Spider-Man. Yeah, he really could. But then again, we also have Sideways and Sideways could be our Spider-Man. And Sideways basically has the same color scheme as Blue Beetle, and also Quantum and Woody. Yeah, that's weird. Quantum and Woody do have a great, iconic color scheme that you don't see very often. Um, and Comic Goblin just throwing us some fun uh, facts, saying, best show on YouTube. Thank you, dude. Uh, Miles you. is my favorite new character. He's taking the mantle, was amazing and perfect. As a Puerto Rican, I never care about my character's race, but Miles represents us well. Y'all rock. Well, thank you, Comic Goblin, and I'm glad he represents you well. It's a very good way to put it. People always like to see themselves represented in their favorite media. I mean, to bring it up back to to Miles, isn't it so sad that he's going to be a major part of that new Spider-Man video game? He's going to have a Spider-Man movie, but his book is up in the air right now, and no one knows if it's coming back for a fresh start or not. Yeah, I, I feel like it probably won't um, until the movie. Right. And even then, I don't know, because like, that's all Sony. There's no incentive mm. for Disney to push that movie at all. Yeah. Um, but that so being sad. said, there was a big Venom push around the time that the trailer dropped for Venom. So, like, maybe there's some kind of 
requirement to help out with the Sony properties in exchange for Spider-Man? Who knows? Um, they're not talking, I'll tell you that. And uh, Taylor Pester also reminding us about Cassandra Kane. Mm. Great character. Again, I want to say she was created actually even longer ago than we think. I think she was too. I think at least 18 years ago. Did did you read the last issue of Detective Comics? Have you seen what they were doing with... Yes, uh, I did. With Stephanie Brown and Cassie and how like... Oh, what's weird is like, again, I... If, if they're smart, and we talked about this on the Weekly Pull, another show that's very similar mm-hmm. to ours that we do on, on on the side on Tuesdays uh, every other week, check it out. Um, we talked about Flash War and how it's going to be about time travel and stuff. Yeah. And I tossed out that theory, like, what if Flash War is Flashpoint 2.0, mm. and they wind up kind of restoring the original DC continuity as a result? They wrapped the, the they they changed things up with the new fifty two as a result of Flashpoint. Be a nice bookend to kind of finally put the nail in the coffin when mm-hmm. it comes to new fifty two, uh, and wrapping up that continuity because clearly the best most successful stuff from Rebirth was either brand new shit, yeah, or shit people remember and enjoyed from before new fifty two. Absolutely, it was literally just either innovation or nostalgia. Either one of those things work, and. and- New 52 was neither of those things. So, And hats off to uh, James Tynan for even bringing that up in his run like he did because he created the new orphan status quo and he created the new Stephanie Brown status quo in Batman Eternal and Batman and Robin Eternal. I like that he can kind of check himself and even be like, yeah, this is good, but it could also be the way we all remember it. Yeah, because at the end of the day, more people are on board for this thing that I can't and won't do and maybe I might want that because they'll sell more books. Who knows? Um, Even if it does get slightly confusing where it's like, wait, but I thought the DC Rebirth timeline was the same universe with just some years missing and some Dr. Manhattan shenanigans. But now you're telling me that the Titans of Tomorrow universe does exist and these old costumes did exist. I'm telling you, man, but, they don't know. Like they're just mm-hmm. doing – and they, there was never a thing. That's the problem with DC and, and that's the problem with like with having the editorial plan being – well, we'll just keep putting out books and who cares without having any kind of definitive thing, which seems to be mm. what they had been enjoying doing for the last couple of years. <laughs> you need to have an event that says what's continuity and what isn't continuity, if only to keep it straight for your creative staff. Yeah, really. Just the so ones that who need it the most. knows which hap- what happened and what didn't happen. Um, for also, real. Also, Louise Edrigan, or Edrigan. Sorry, Louise. <laughs> gone, gone, the flesh of Louise. Yeah, Louise, as again, says uh, Cassandra Kane was the best Batgirl. I think I agree with you. A lot of people would agree. Uh, but let's jump into it. So, yeah, there are a bunch of breakout characters. I guess we should give some of them the, their moment in the sun. Obviously, let's start with the one that was on the cover of this episode, Kamala Khan Miss mm-hmm. Marvel. I got to tell you, when the first issue hit the stands, I was like, oh, they're aping off of the Peter David Supergirl cover. That's uh... weird. Weird. Um, why? Because not only did they throw away that Supergirl, but it's not DC. No. I don't get it. But I didn't need to. And in fact, I went on record, I think in an old episode of Off the Rack when we first reviewed it, I was like, this this book will not last. There's no way. The art's too weird. The character's too quirky. It's too specific. And it's too specific. And I was wrong on three counts. I, I was much the same, and never was I more happy to be wrong. I, I I pulled that book from the review pile over at Comic Book Cast when they're like, meh, I don't know if anyone's going to like this. And I'm like, no, guys, it's important. They talked about this in the freaking Times and in Newsweek. This was a big – fine, I'll take it then. Exactly. 
And uh, and thank goodness we were wrong because you know what? It turns out like Kamala Khan is important. Representation, as you w- as oh, yeah. you would imagine, is important. It, it, it all boils down to representation and seeing yourself, as it was pointed out earlier in the show, seeing yourself in the comics, seeing yourself in the media that you're consuming. Mm. At the end of the day, like the reason why so many people liked Spider-Man when he first came on the scene, and that's like a blanket uh, kind of thing. Mm. It was seeing a teenager being a superhero. Exactly. Probably one of the most accurate versions of a teenager to be written in a comic. Gee, since like uh, Lee Ditko writing Spider-Man back in the 60s, I would say Miss Marvel is as true to what it is to be a teen in modern ages as those books were back in like the 60s. Yeah, that's the best part is that Kamala Khan doesn't have to be a story where it's like, if you are a Muslim teenager who mm-hmm. lives on the East Coast, this is the book for you. Now, that being said, this is definitely the book for you. But if you're a Certainly teenager... Helps. If you're a dude or a girl, if you're Muslim or not, this book might be for you. Uh, oh, yeah. Because G. G. Willow Wilson is a talented person who has f- found a way to gain footholds for Kamala to the point where she's elevated beyond her origins. I know oh, that yeah. they definitely were like, okay, so this character is kind of popular. We are trying to shoehorn the Inhumans. Let's mm-hmm. make her Inhuman because they were very careful to not establish where her powers came from until later. yeah. yeah. So they're like, let's make her an inhuman. She'll be the most popular one. And she really is. And we'll dovetail our inhumans uh, billions off of her. And as it turns out, she manages to transcend the popularity or lack thereof of the inhumans. She really does. And I know we've made this uh, case before, at least I have. I think being an inhuman actually helped her in the long run because she got to be a big fish in a very small pond. Yes, everybody's a mutant. At least everybody who was created over the last 30 years, mm-hmm. uh, unless they got radiation splashed in their eyes. But, like, <laughs> the fact is, it's easy to get lost in the X universe. Yes, you know, it is. You're cool, you're original, you're new. We've seen a thousand versions of you if you try, if you show up with a duffel bag on the footsteps of Charles Xavier's mansion. Yep. Happens uh, all the time. Yes, but if you just make her an inhuman, and in fact, like, not even really care about being an inhuman and not really no, no. making that part of your identity, like, have, like this is my identity, being this person, not being a goblin from yeah. crappy city. Like, <laughs> it really helped her, like, manage to toe the line between helping the inhumans gain some kind of prevalence and also being her own character. I'm glad she wasn't bogged down so- by them. Same. Absolutely. Because, you know, if that was the case, it would be like, okay, now you got to come join all these X-Men events now and you got to have tie-ins to this, that and the other thing. She also probably would have been killed off sooner. That's also the shame, which hilariously, they're doing the whole death of Inhumans thing now. Death of Inhumans. Eh, Kamala, you're fine, though. Yeah. Oh, Kamala, my God. don't worry. Actually, if Kamala had been a mutant, she might have been, they might have been like, screw Hope Summers. She's the Phoenix. Ugh, you know that would have happened. And Willow Wilson would have been like, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I really do. Okay. See, yeah. that's another thing, too. The fact that they've given her such freedom and such carte blanche to just write a story and write a book without interruption and without having to tie into a bunch of stuff. There have been tie-ins, and they have been pretty good. That's the thing. I, I think one of the one of the staples of a breakout character who manages to stand the test of time is by giving them their own universe and making them grounded and relevant to the reader. Yep. Um, Kamala's work, that way. Jessica's that way. Uh, you know, to a lesser extent, the century's kind of that way, even though yeah, he has yeah. the power of a million exploding suns or whatever the hell his stupid <laughs> like, expression is. He also, 
is just like a dude who's afraid of his own ability and uh, for a time was married and like had a life and tried to make that work and of course then he became like split in half by Ares and then resurrected mm-hmm. by Donny Cates and everything so you know he he got kind of he kind of got away from himself a little bit but uh but any character Daisy Johnson was I think hamstrung by the fact that like she was too specific she came from a really weird place it was an event mm-hmm. that not a lot of people really read or enjoyed uh secret war by the way is her day but she but she broke through later on tv in a very fascinating way to have a second life and i think that the reason why it worked was because D- daisy johnson on the show is straight up not daisy johnson from the comic just she's just very different not just no they were developed the sky character and then they went like and wouldn't it be neat if we made her into a character in the comics that if no you were one, actually quick no one is planning on making a movie out of so they did that and it worked out fine give her a power that's also like invisible so it costs very little to make yep um really quick i just want to jump into the super chat because maki mopi said this the female cyborg and then ran away laughing there was a female cyborg. It didn't work out. It was not a breakout character. Um, Chase Eichler saying, was Cyborg's breakout on the Teen Titans TV show or earlier? Um, cyborg, I mean, Cyborg debuted on the Titans, but yeah. not the show, but in the comics. Uh, but I think people liked him when yes. the show came out. Like, And that's because the show got him right. And I don't even mean that they got the character right that Marv Wolfman and George Perez popularized. I mm. mean... They created their own character with Cyborg, and he was relevant and interesting. And people liked him. All the stuff we talked about that makes it work on the show. It's true. It's really true. And it's something I feel they missed in his Justice League run when they're like, okay, you're getting promoted now. Well, because it's not like, because that's what happens when you try to shoehorn a character into something that they don't fit into just for the sake of fulfilling a quota. Like, it's Mm. really weird that they did that. Very. And the fact that they stuck with it for so long. Well, and they made such a big deal out of it. Like, there's nothing you can do about it now. He can he can never be a Titan again, unless because it'll look like a demotion. Unless Wally touches him and be like, "Boom! Remember, you're a Titan now." Right. As long as it's his decision, and the Titans are are, and the Justice League is like sad and like lesser as a result, and Mm -hmm. then they don't immediately replace him with another black guy. That's, like, that, that's why I liked the Justice League versus Teen Titans animated movie so much, because those writers actually tried to tackle that head on. And that's a good idea. That's something they need to do. They should probably just do a book called Justice League versus Teen Titans and just get it over with. Just deal with it. And basically, Cyborg coming to the kind of sad realization, but I'll take a sad realization over none, where he goes, yeah, I do like you Teen Titans more. I probably could hang out with you, but I'd rather be benched in the major leagues than a star player in the minors. Right. That's that makes me sad. I don't care for that. Uh, it does. But at least at least it's something. Right. Uh, Kane's World. Sal, I know you don't care for her, which is not true. I do like Gabby, but I enjoy Gabby and Jonathan from the all-new Wolverine. Stay frosty, guys. Um, yeah, Gabby wound up finding her own audience. I Very. I didn't even read a book that she was in. I literally just saw, like, pictures of her on, like, r slash comic books. And mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, like, who is the, like, the Honey Badger? This is, like, what a mem- what a meme name. I didn't like that. <laughs> but the way it worked to her character after I went back and like checked her out, I'm like, yeah, I kind of dig her. She's kind of fun. It's fun. It's very fun. Hats off to Tom Taylor. That Again, writing a good young character, which is hard to do. Yes. Although I will say, uh, in, in, off of that, another breakout character, X-23 slash Wolverine. Laura, uh, yes. Yeah. 
Another canon immigrant from the X-Men Evolution TV show. It's true. She uh, She's a great breakout character in that they tried to make her work for a while, and they couldn't, mm. and eventually they figured it out. Yep. And I really dig her. I dig her so much, I don't want to see her lose that Wolverine spandex. I think she me, me neither. it. Um, MT That's Kaiser the thing. Soze. Like, Sorry. call her X-23 if you must, but for the love of God, let her keep the costume. It is so good. Exactly. I completely agree with that. MT Kaiser Soze, Aqualad, Kaldor from Young Justice. Yeah, what a weird history he's had from getting created for Brightest Day, but kind of like they didn't know what to do with him yet. They didn't know what his character was to getting adapted into Young Justice to having his longest run there to have people really love him and care about him and be like, why isn't he in the comics? And then they ran into the problems that Benjamin Percy tried to deal with. And that is, uh, but comic Aqualad and TV show Aqualad are very different, but they have the same name, but they're not really the same guy, but they are. And one inspired the other and must fuse together somehow. Yeah. Well, they're running into a Wally West situation. They really are to the point where so many fans who only ever watched the show. Yeah, they're like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah, who only watched the show to actually kind of get upset and be like, like, what, Aqualad in the comics is gay? I'm like, well, Jackson Hyde is gay because he was created before Young Justice. They kind of did their own thing. But he is the same guy because he shaved his head and dyed it blonde to look like the TV show <laughs> guy. But, but his powers come from different places because Damien gives him the water swords. They're not magic because he's never been to Atlantis. And oh, God, my head. <laughs> We're getting into a Hawkman situation with this poor character. Yes, he really... He really is in problems. Even more so, uh, what is it? Well, how did his mom meet Black Manta, who is his dad? Well, they explain that in the comic, but they never explain it in the show. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So there's a lot of crossover, but not a lot. It's weird. It's very weird. Uh, Pierre Davis, how do you think Ms. Marvel will be introduced in the MCU without the Inhumans? Um, Tough question. Easily. She's going to show up and have powers and not bother it's true. Heck, if they wanted to throw Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. a bone, say she was one of those people who ate, like, the, uh, what is it, fish oil pellets. That would be that nice. That had um, mist in it. Uh, Nathan Berg, looking sharp, Joel. Thank you, sir. It was uh, summer. I was due for a haircut. South Sun, I'm particularly fan of Robbie Reyes and Kate Bishop. Excellent I like. I like Robbie a whole lot. I think Robbie is one of those characters who deserved to break through but didn't. I, I, I think that, uh, yeah, I agree that he didn't get it. Like, I like Kate Bishop more. I think more people do. She's a pretty good success story when she eventually comes to a movie, and I'm sure she will. I hope so, and I think only just because Jeremy Renner is aging hard. Mm. And so as a result, like, wouldn't it be nice to have, like, a pretty athletic female uh, Hawkeye join the team? Especially one who's really cool. In fact... Maybe you should make a Hawkeye movie with Kate Bishop as well. That would be fun. To at least establish that they have a connection. Um, but I agree. And I, I think we're going to see Robbie Ray is going to be in a sink or swim situation with this Avengers run. Yes. Which uh, big props to Jason Aaron for wanting to include him and be yeah. like, no, I'm going to have a Ghost Rider. I want it to be the young car driving Ghost Rider. Even though Jason Aaron, I don't think, actually read Felipe Smith's run and doesn't actually know how he gets his powers because he keeps getting it wrong. He does say it. He he, he does say it's not Zarathos in issue two. Good, because it is. He goes like, I have my 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 car is possessed by an evil spirit. And I'm like, I thought you were possessed with the evil spirit. Yeah. 
yeah, his car isn't possessed. It's his uncle Eli Morrow that's yeah. inside him. Yeah. No, in the in Avengers two, his car is. Uh, so Jason Aaron's getting closer. He's still mm-hmm. wrong, but he's trying. Slowly but surely, which is a shame, too, because I loved that Felipe Smith run. Again, much like Miss Marvel, I thought it was the perfect symbiosis of creator and book where the dude was basically like, well, here's, you know, here's some stories from my life through the superhero lens. But it just it just didn't pick up for one reason or another. Exactly. exactly. Bless you. No, it's all right. Uh, Ethan's here. We're going to wrap up pretty soon, but I want to get through these super chats really quick. Uh, Noah Botello, Gwenpool has quickly become a character I didn't want to read mm. about to one of my all time favorite characters after I gave her a shot. Yes. What a or, surprise. Yeah, who would have thought that a variant cover became a really cool character and a meta, like, textual comic about, like, comics? And a, it wound up being, like, an Animal Man meets Deadpool comic. And yeah. where else are you going to find that shit? Um, uh, Comic Goblin, Kam- uh, Kamala being from Jersey and not from a huge city like New York or L.A., I thought was always cool about her. I uh, mm. love, uh, love her love of a good sandwich is so Jersey. Agreed. Uh, Super nice touch. Gabby. The, the, that last arc was all about sandwiches, and I love that. It played a major part. Yeah. Uh, DBK, LA Hedg, oh, sorry. Uh, Spider-Gwen is the reason I started reading comics. Spider-Gwen's another huge breakout character that, like, holy crap, who'd have thought that that would be a thing? And I think she's going to be relegated to being, like, a 90s flash-in-the-pan character. Mm. I think that she's certainly lasted longer than some other characters. Sleepwalker, him. Uh, yeah. But sh- I don't know if she's going to make it because she's not like, as it turns out, they dr- they, they drilled the bottom. <laughs> and <laughs> there's nothing left. Heck, uh, we could easily do a sequel show to this characters who didn't break through. Right. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, dead on arrival or failed characters. There you go. Like that. R- um, remember Alpha? Remember Alpha big time, everybody? Oof. Remember how no one gave do. a shit? Uh, Louis Ezrigan, or Ezrigan says, uh, okay, I yeah. kind of have this theory that Riri Williams was Bendis looking at what G. Willow Wilson was doing with Kamala and said that I could do that. Yeah, Probably. in a lot of ways it seemed like that. Yeah. Well, well, honestly, I think it was Bendis looking at his own work and being like, I bet I can make the Miles lightning strike twice. Right. I think that's really what it was, and it doesn't. Uh, MT it's like, hey, man, just, don't get greedy. You did it once. Yeah, yeah, just be happy with what you got, man. You created a bunch of characters. You don't need to... Uh, well, anyway. M.T. Kaiser So is saying, does Grant Morrison count as a comic book character? <laughs> yeah, he's appeared in comic books. He's put himself in them. Many a um, times. Itevia Smolka, does John, a.k.a. Superboy, count as a breakout character? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. he does. And big time, too. Uh, Will I Am Golden, Kite Man, and Speedball. Uh, Kite Man has been a character since, I want to say, the 60s. Yeah. But yes, his relevancy has only started to bubble up to the surface ever since uh, Tom King made him into... Uh, the best, the best damn meme in all the comics. I, I, I wouldn't have guessed it. I really wouldn't have. No, uh, but Speedball, yeah, no, didn't break out, just blew up, and then became <laughs> like an SMM fetish joke. Yep. Uh, and Daryl Jones Jr., Damian Wayne, and Jonathan Kent, you hit it right on the head there, man. Love Super Sons. Also, on an unrelated note, DC really needs to get their stuff together with their African American characters. As one, it's weird sure that they. I don't relate. I agree, man. And here's the thing: I don't. I'm not speaking from experience as an African American, given that I am obviously not one. What? But I can say that as a like, even though I am not, I don't resonate with those characters either. And it's I think sad, that, isn't it? And I think they should resonate, regardless of ethnicity. Like, I think that I should want to read about Cyborg. Yeah. Because he's a cool character and not because of his race. 
the fact that he doesn't resonate with you may just be because Cyborg's kind of boring. That's that's so true. Again, you know, I think I think DC was trying to do something like that by getting Milestone 2.0 going, but then they're like, oh shit, we don't own the rights to that. Oops. Yeah, don't make those announcements until you know what you're doing. Don't release until you have it in the bag. Yeah, yeah, you gotta let, get that shit on lockdown. But yeah, John Kent, I think may be one of the biggest breakout characters of the last five years. He, he's definitely the biggest breakout character of DC Rebirth. I can't he's, think of anyone who's doing better than him. No, I've got my DC Rebirth Lithio, and I'm, like, looking at all the characters that they were like, look at what we're doing! Like, Superman's back, and he's got, the, like, a new costume, and look at, like, 50, New 52 Wally West, and he's sticking around, even though DC Rebirth. And also, uh, I guess you can look at these, uh, the Damien and, uh, and, and, and John, but look at uh, Jessica Cruz, and it's like, no yeah. one cares. It's just about John. <laughs> John is definitely the bigger. And the thing about John, too, is they so easily could have whiffed John. They could so easily have made Superboy suck, and we could have all been like, oh, God, Superman brought his fucking kid again. Oh, they could have alphaed him up. Yes, they really could have. The fact that he's a genuinely sweet, genuinely relatable kid. Yeah. Without being, like, too saccharine or too flawed. Absolutely. It, it's it's hard to balance that making a good and, character without making them seem like like a like a chump. And he's not just a Superman clone. In fact, even he has all kids do are like, oh, Dad, you know, you're so corny sometimes. It's true. Uh, Empty Kaiser Soze reminding us of Kid Omega or Phantom X. Oh uh, yeah, from Grant Morrison's X Men. Yeah, fan Phantom X turned out to be cool, but I again, I think I don't think he broke anywhere. I think he's a, a fan favorite. I think Phantom X is a cool character. I don't think I think the fact that he's not in Deadpool is like indicative of his lack of popularity. Yeah. He straight up should have been in Deadpool too as a member of the X Force and he's He really should have been. Um but yeah, so I guess we gotta wrap it up. I'm sorry it's a little short, but I wanna thank you all for hanging out with us. We have I've only halved the list, so we're gonna have to do a part two. We definitely episode. will. Um Joel, is anybody that it's just a crime we didn't talk about that you wanna give a give a uh. shout out to? Well, it's fine. I know, again, because we were talking about Milestone there, the chat said Static. It's funny. Static had a breakout in comics. Then he had breakout on television in the cartoons. Yep. And I think people are just waiting for him to break out again, but he hasn't. Well, just being given the opportunity to freaking come out anywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, there was a time when I think Static could have become a thing. Um, again, he could have been DC Spider-Man. He could have been their answer to it. Because that's the thing. Like, it, it, it's all about timing. And, it really like, is. Like, Static hit during the very, very small window of time that he was created, and yet, because it was in like the infancy of the internet, he wasn't able to kind of reach the audience he could have, and mm -hmm. because DC didn't have their spread, they were like number two, kind of number three in comics around that time, and of course, because he wasn't originally a DC creation at all, yep. um, he didn't get to reach out to the audience that he could have, and I think that if they could... If they could have had like a, a renaissance or a rebirth for Static, like in two thousand eight, yeah. who, who who knows how more what could have happened? Could have been. I mean, could have been really different. It's it, funny. Uh, they they had that art there for Young Justice season three, and it's funny because he he joined the team at the end of season two, and I'm sitting there looking at this art, and I'm like, why why isn't Static here anymore, guys? Yeah, he didn't join the team. He died or disappeared or we just forgot and we didn't. It's, we didn't give him the new address. It's, it's The Outsider, so Black Lightning is featured quite prominently because he's on TV now and everything, and all I can think is like, but why no Virgil, though? Right. Man, remember when Virgil got that really awesome uh, cameo in that Justice League Unlimited episode <laughs> where they yes. go to the future? That was pretty great. Yeah, it's old totally man awesome. static. That was cool. 
Yeah, that he becomes like an elemental god in the future and grows a sick ass beard. Yeah, he got those sweet dreads. He looks awesome. Looking really good. That's a great design. I'm like, why is there no Static Shock Beyond? I'd read that book. Yeah, 60s, the new 30. Yeah, uh, just a geriatric electric man. I'll read it. Right? Uh, but thank you all so much for hanging out, and we'll see you guys next time with another episode of Elseworlds Exchange. Um, stay tuned for the latest episode of Back Issues, which, of course, is going to be a Deadpool episode. Nice. It's Deadpool. Deadpool 2 is coming out, like, tomorrow. Go see yes, it. Yes, it is. Like, I need to tell you, you're going to go see it. <laughs> Catch the episode. It's Deadpool versus The Punisher from Fred Van Lente. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, intrinsically connecting Deadpool with Marvel because he's not in the movies. So, <laughs> yet. But uh, we'll see you guys there. There's Thanks time. Thanks for watching. I'm Sal. I'm Joel. See you next time.